Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shank needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast for another week. We're off the heels of an interesting week Thanks, mate. Yeah, uh, much more positive this week. Um, kind of feels like the like the Eagles. I've got the audio and visual this going this time. So yeah, we're up and running. running. We're, uh... Let's sail into the back half of the season. Bring it on. That's it. That's it. Now, so we came off the bye. Uh, Migs and I did a short little sort of bye week episode last week. We looked at the Cats game and thought, you know what, this is going to be grim. This is going to be. We know who the Eagles are this year and all this sort of stuff. But came into it with low expectations. Half time, we're tied. At the second, at some point in the second half, we actually took the lead, and the crowd went wild. So you love to see that. So um, yeah, I reckon. KK, let's just get stuck straight into the Cats game. West Coast Eagles nine nine sixty three were defeated by Geelong twelve nine eighty one. Exceeding levels of positivity for a game that ultimately KK we still lost. But you look at the ladder; it's fourth, it's eighteenth. The Eagles had a fair crack to. I would say win it, or at least to throw their hat in the ring to win it. 18 points was the margin, I believe, at three-quarter time. The Eagles came out and, I would say, dominated the first 10 minutes of the last quarter. They didn't put it on the scoreboard. They just lacked that polish and that sort of cleanliness that you're going to need against the top four side. Geelong did enough. I don't think the Cats would be too pleased with that win, you know, at all. They ticked the box and that's what they do, but I don't think they're too happy. Conversely, 18th on the ladder, played a top four side, played them pretty close. I'm not unhappy about how that went. Yeah, totally agree. I'm not. I don't really do honourable losses. Um, no. Maybe to measure how far we've we've sunk this season, but <laughs> you've got to be positive about something like that. Like it, it was our, I think our best performance of the season, even though mm. it resulted in a loss. We beat Collingwood, but I don't think we played as well just by the standard opposition as we did on on the weekend. Like Geelong are. Very good team. They're a very experienced mm. team. I think that that really told in the end. But but really from the first from the first bounce, like the, the intent was there. You could just see we tackled better, we pressured better, we tried to move the ball quicker. Probably came up against a favourable opponent in that. That um, Geelong aren't a particularly quick team. They don't um, hurt you on the counter as much as other teams do. That's really what's been our Achilles' heel to scores from turnovers this season. So yep. we were able to slow them down a bit easier than we were. Maybe teams that that move the ball a bit faster. But you take what you can get, and yeah, just just love the effort and more of that, and the wins will come, and it'll give us something to build on into next season. Let's talk about the like you said there. There was a few visible things that were different. The tackling was up. The intent was up. The crowd really appreciated that as well. You, you know, sequences where you know, this guy tackles someone, they quickly get rid of it. Next tackle comes in, they get rid of it. Next tackle comes in, it's a ball up, and the crowd will get on their feet for that because we're not stupid. We know where we're at, and that's the sort of effort you want to see. And you know what, you show it to us, and we'll give you a bit of love. So 
there was that. There was clear intent to move the ball on through the corridor to play on with the runners from behind. I think the bye week, it's one game, so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, but the bye week and then that result coming off it sort of has renewed a little bit of positivity in me that they know what the shortcomings are. They had a little bit of a week to address it and reset without trying to just get through, pick a team and, and you know get through the game on the weekend. It seems like a bit of a refresher. They came out, they looked refreshed, they looked recharged. Yo was off the half back. You know, they have a few different roles, a few different options. It's just sort of re-energized, I suppose, where I'm at with the Eagles for the season. Is that sort of where you're at as well? Yeah, I think like Simpsons talks so much about that whole synergy thing and we really yeah. really yeah. not um and, but he had to show it. Like now now we've got that that bye week, we've got more time on the training track, we've got players mm. coming back. It has to be shown on the field. Otherwise, yeah, he's going to be in all sorts of trouble. So uh, I was looking for that, and we saw that on the weekend. He's, he's, he's talked the talk, and now we've based on that, hopefully we're going to start start walking the walk. The other, thing I liked, yeah. <laughs> the other thing I liked about it is uh, I think Sheed particularly early, and Yo as well, um, showed the benefit of making those guys come back through the waffle and actually getting mm. some minutes. In their legs, I mean, she'd ran out of ran out of puff a bit, but compared to what we've seen earlier, where guys are coming and just woefully underdone and trying to yep. get back to full fitness, playing managed minutes in the AFL, and you just cannot get away with that at this level, absolutely not. So, and maybe it shows that internally they've learned a few lessons as well. Yeah, and you can see that through. I mean, we'll do a quick run of injuries later on <clears throat> before we get into the Essendon game, but. Nick Nat's coming back through the waffle. We have seen that before, but off a much longer layoff. This has only been a, say only, 10-odd week layoff, something like that. So, But they're bringing him through the waffle. Petreski Seaton's coming back in off the flu. He was out ill. He's coming back through the waffle. Uh, Kelly was a late scratch, so he's straight in. I can kind of understand that one. But yeah, look, Yo's come in off the waffle. Didn't light things up, it must be said, playing for the Beagles, but came in. You put a lot more field in front of him. Pretty much he seemed to be told to just take the game on, kick the shit out of the footy. He's too quick, you know, in tight. He's an All-Australian midfield in tight. So he's too quick for forwards to chase him down. He ran off him. He gave us a lot of drive off halfback. Sheed was great, now injured, which we will get back into as well. Um, you know, but it's a, you look at the game. McGovern went down in the first quarter. We've got a debutante. The Cats' tall forwards are very, very dangerous at the top end. You know, their top two forwards are very, very good. Bazo, Barass, they held up. Yo looked good off the drive, off the halfback. Shuey looked a little bit better. Um, Hoff, we'll get into Hoff later because I really want to spend a bit of time talking about him. But there's some green shoots. Every time Willie Rioli gets near the ball, he makes an impact. Sometimes it's a bad impact. Sometimes he gets a reversal <laughs> free kick because he's an idiot. But most of our scoring came from him. It, it's so it's waxing way too lyrical about an eighteen point loss, and I know that, but let's face the facts about where we are. It just showed to me that they're at least aware or at least trying. And if it's a flash in a pan and we just turn around this week and, and are terrible, we'll call it out as well. But for now, off the evidence we have, I, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Peter here in the comments saying that Nick hitting to true and Cully in the waffle, very exciting. I'd be interested to see how that goes. The Waffle side has been playing decent footy. And again, they're a victim of, well, how the Waffle set them up, but then also how injury prone we've been in that they've been fielding, they've been running out to lose by 100 points. So it's nice to see them uh, play some competitive footy. And hopefully that's something on the horizon. KK, do we want to get into our buy, sell, and hold as well, just while we're quickly 
chatting about the Cats game. You know, who, who did you like or who, who do you want to get rid of, I oh, suppose, off, off the heels of it? I was going to say to Peter, there was um, Rotham hitting to True and Cully was exciting. Thanks for that. <laughs> We've got Miguel. Miguel is uh, on the page comments again, I think, jumping along here. Yeah, Rotham playing the ruck in the waffle. That was an odd one. Well, maybe we'll talk about that later on as well because Rotham back in the Eagles side now, but did play a lot of ruck minutes, strangely enough, in the yeah. in the Beagles last week. Yeah, there was a Cully highlight from the, the waffle highlights where he broke out of centre and just hit this, like, 45 meter bullet onto a leading forward. It was mm. orgasmic stuff. So check that out <laughs> if you get the chance. Very good. Yeah. I, I have low standards, let's be clear. <laughs> um, buy, sell, hold, get into it. Uh, yeah, let's yeah, do it. My, my buy, Elliot Yo. Yep. Uh, so I like the fact that you had to come back through the waffle. The, the reason he's my buy, just that one highlight on the wing where he had the ball. He saw a Geelong player chasing him down, and I can't remember who it was. It wasn't one of their quickest players, let's be honest. But he just turned and said, "No, nah, you won't catch me." Was it? Was it Cameron? Maybe it was. No, I remember I what you're talking it about. Might have been Blixarves. Okay, sure. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was one of their tools anyway. And yeah. he just went, oh, "No, nah, you're not going to catch me." Nah. And that just shows that he's actually got some confidence in his body, which I don't reckon he would have had for mm. a couple of years at least. So. He's back in the team, and if he's back and feeling healthy, he'll get back in the midfield, and I think he'll build on that. So uh, definitely I'm, I'm buying Elliot Yo shares for the rest of the year. So I think the best version of the Eagles, I think I said this last week, the best version of the Eagles has Elliot Yo at his best in the middle. If he's not at his best or if we're bringing him along, if we're trying new things, I don't mind him off the half-back line. I don't think it's going to win us a flag. But that's not where we are right now. So it's nice to actually have some degree of ball movement. Jam, uh, not Jamison, sorry. Jermaine Jones. I'll shout him out as well on that because they both had moments that they would probably want back, you know, a kick here or there, a decision here or there. But also they both take the game on. They kick the footy. They actually give us some drive off halfback that we have been sorely lacking this year and I would say for a few years now. So Elliot Yo as a buy is a great call. I don't even mind him as a halfback. It's not... 10 out of 10 usage of him, but it's, you know, changes things for us at the moment. Uh, my buy is going to be Hoff. 14 and a half kilometers, KK, is how far he has run on the weekend. That is more than everybody else from both sides, more than Gaff, more than Smith, some, you know, pretty known runners there. And he absolutely blitzed him. Now, his numbers, where am I? 13, I think he had. 13 touches, doesn't jump off the page at you. Nothing, you know, crazy. Four inside 50s you like, but there's nothing there statistically that you think, wow, what a great game. But again, it's the phase of the rebuild that we're in. It's recycling a little bit of talent. It's the drive off half back. I also like that I think he's creeping further up the field. I don't have center bounce attendances to back that up, but I think he's creeping closer and closer to playing as a winger than a half back. So Hoff, hey, get him in, get him minutes, all that. Yeah, scared to say, but he... He's looking like the, the player we wanted Brandon to be, to be honest. Settle um, down. So Settle down. And yeah, maybe if Brandon did that, he, he wouldn't be getting dropped by GWS right now. So, Who's to say? Yeah, I, I love Hoff. And I, he actually, he should not be playing this season at all. Um, no. Played his that entire footy in the country. He came to the city for one season of Waffle Colts. Hadn't even played at a Waffle senior game. And he's in for round one. And he looks like... He's a good couple of pre-seasons away from being an AFL player, but he sure as hell doesn't play like him when he's on the field. Um, no, physically, it's, you go, oh, okay. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd be happy if um, 
if he was sort of held out and just sort of kept his body in um, protective the rest of the season. But while he's in there, they're really wrapped on him for the future. Uh, we got Miguel here in the comments, which is fantastic, sort of not fact-checking, just supplementing. Let's say supplementing. Hoff spent the whole game lining up on the wing on the far side. Uh, so obviously that's far side from Miguel's seats because space is relative like that, Migs. So still, Hoff lining up on the wing. We're pushing him further up the field. Start getting him the footy, but, geez, he's covering some ground. And for a guy whose body is not quite ready or certainly not at its apex yet, pretty exciting. Uh, who is your hold for the week, KK? I'll give Jamie Cripps a, a hold. Yep. He, he's, a, he's a guy that's been a personal whipping boy of mine for, for some time. And yep. I'll still say he lacks two of the key attributes for his position, which is clean hands and good decision-making. But despite all that, and also think that when we have a full CR, full team available, uh, he's he might be on the outer. But for now, he's he came in and he's one I probably short thought probably should have played a bit more waffle this year to earn his, earn his spot, but fair play. Yep. He had a really good game on the weekend. Um, he, he worked his ass off. You always get that. He's a really good shot for goal. We, we saw that on the weekend. And if we if we get in the ball when to make use of his hard running, then, then he does actually um, play a key role in us moving the ball forward. And he's, he's probably a bit lucky that we, he's in a position we've just had any number of problems, like Ryan's been injured, Rioli suspended, injured, mm. Petch has been injured. Winder came in, then he got injured. Um, Cameron disappeared off the face of the earth last year. Yeah, let's so, not talk about um, that. Yeah, in a, in a perfect world, like Cripps should be a lot further down the depth, depth chart than mm. he is. Uh, but I'll, I'll keep him a hold for now because I thought his his game was really good on the weekend. Yeah, it was. Uh, six inside fifties is the thing that jumps off the page. Our next closest seems to be Sheed had four, so pretty impressive. I think definitely a standout game from him compared to where he's been at over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've got Petch as my hold. It's a really optimistic one. I don't know that I believe it, but I'll talk it into existence. He did one really nice bit of small forward play, and I know he's just coming back, so temper expectations, let him build into it. He is the guy that this season is for. You know, the back half of the season is for the Petches of the world to figure out what we've got. Some nice small forward play in there. I would really like to see, like you just mentioned there with Yo, look behind you. This guy doesn't have me. I'm going to go because he's the fastest player in our team, allegedly. And when he marks a chess mark over the back, he stops and props and, oh, shit, do I go? Do I not go? Now I'll have the set shot. And then he misses the set shot. It's stuff like that that makes it really, really hard to get around. But just burn someone. I don't mind if he gets done for running too far once a game. Eventually that'll wear thin. But for the next four games, try that. Get done for running too far without a bounce because you're just trying to zip past everyone. It's fine. Have a crack. Yeah, so, yeah, I we'll... like that. To be honest, I've, I've got Rick Rack, so he does, he does a really a couple of really nice things every game, and you're just like, mm. could you do that five or six more times a game? And then that's that's the thing. It's that he, you. you really he's see the it most, there. He's the most glimpses player that we've got. But, I mean, last year, I think it was last year, where he really started putting together, like, marking on the lead, you know, good strong marks up the ground. So just a little bit more, a little bit more, and you'd be a lock. But anyway, as it is, uh, sorry I'm late, says June in the comments. G'day, June. Uh, a few people chiming in on whether or not time and space are relative, so that's good. Good to see that everyone's still focused on the footy. Uh, who are we selling, KK? Who who you got going out this week? Uh, well, I think um, he's already gone out, but Jackson Nelson. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not one of I'm not one of the guys that um, has him as a whipping boy. I've I've liked his aggression and he's given mm. us a bit of muscle that we need. But I think what's kind of uh, shown on the weekend is that 
that's not really enough. And, mm. and we've had so many problems moving the ball. We moved the ball heaps better on the weekend, and he's mm. one of the biggest culprits. Like he's not quick by forty. He's not um, incisive with his handballing or his or his kicking, and he's probably as much a, a culprit as anyone for our slow ball movement. So um, I like the guy, but yeah, I think he's just pretty easy sell in a, a team that everyone else um, did really well. Oh, it's all it's all kicking hey. off in the comments. Sorry, we've got uh, <laughs> people saying good day, which is nice. But we've also got people trying to get their zingers in. So uh, jump in the comments, have a read of those if you're listening to this after the fact. Uh, my sell, I was a bit torn before we did this as to who I was going to have as a sell. I've changed it last minute, KK, because I remembered a trend out of the game that I didn't like. Josh Kennedy, I will go into bat for him a hundred times out of a hundred, but I've now noticed a few games in a row. Teams have cottoned on to the fact that he cannot run. And I think this was most notable, I think it was, was it the Dogs game? Somebody got off the leash. I'm trying to remember who it was, but uh, was it Keith Keith. in the Dogs game? the Dogs game, yeah. Two games, yeah. And uh, they just, and the Cats were doing it time and time again on the weekend. They involve him in the switch. So he's out the back guarding the switch and the Eagles are all dropping off into the zone, which isn't a zone versus man issue. This is how every team in in footy defends. But you come up with a three-on-two at the back and Kennedy's one of the two and they just run off him. They just wait to isolate him as a 1v2, run off him. So much drive. It's so easy. He will die for that football when it's in the vicinity. And it's not that he's not getting up and back because he is. I don't want to sink the boots. I want him to play until he's comfortable. And, you know, I'm hoping it's this season. I think it's this season. But the writing is starting to be on the wall in a very decisive way. I'm noticing teams' game plan to include Josh Kennedy's defensive work. I don't think it's an effort thing. I just think his body's given up on him in that regard. And it sucks. And I love seeing him kick goals. When the ball's there to be won, he will still just kill himself to go get it. But I think I've got to sell Josh Kennedy because I don't think he's going to be an every game player from here on in, as gutting as that is. And tactically, I think he's actually starting to be a little bit of a thorn in the side or certainly somebody that we have to consider setting up, you know, to sort of protect what he can or can't do. Sure as hell, not an effort thing in the comments. Oh, some more zing is off the, off the leash in the dogs game. Hey, like that. That's good stuff. Um, but yeah, that'll that'll be JK will be my myself for the week. JK definitely putting in the work, hundred percent. It's yeah. not a work rate yeah. thing. It, it's not a desperation thing. I just think his body lets him down. And when you're asking him to cover fifty meters and then forty meters to the left and then forty meters back, right, he just they they run off him. Someone's going to be able to make space and run off him. Uh, shall we get into some injury news here then, KK? Because Why not? It's the, our favourite topic of the season. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll quickly run through. Here are a list of all the people who are inactive. Oscar Allen, Campbell Chesser, Luke Edwards, Tom Cole, Tom Joyce is TBC, Jeremy McGovern is TBC. Uh, I think that's it. That's it. The rest have time frames. Here we go. So Zach Langdon, two to three weeks with an ankle. Okay. Hugh Dixon, one to two weeks with the ankle. Xavier O'Neill available, Tim Kelly available and selected, Liam Ryan available and selected, Sam Petrovsky-Seaton available, not selected, KK. You suggest he'll be playing Waffle this week. It's actually not the worst injury list in the world. I know we've got to put a line through a few people, but if you ignore all the people that are out, there's plenty of people who are in. Mm. It's funny, that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not too bad. Um, a weird one on this is no Dom Sheed on the injury report. Is that Have I missed him? No. No Dom Sheed on the injury report. 
despite not playing and it being known that he's injured and him being out injured. They've not put him on the report, but that's, I'll it, give him a pass this week. It wouldn't be the Eagles if we didn't have someone out on Thursday who wasn't in the injury report on Tuesday. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're consistent. Uh, that's the one thing we're we consistent are. about is just horrible injury communication. Thank God for that. Uh, a hot spot on his foot, which is set to rule him out for the Eagles clash with Essendon. It appears that it has. This is from the West Australian earlier in the week. I mean, you mentioned him before, and I like Sheed's game as well. It was evident straight away that, okay, maybe this is the guy we've been missing, or maybe he just had a good game, whatever it might be. He came in, he gave us something. We are winning the footy through him. He looked pretty lively out there. And now he's straight out. So uh, St. John of God agreement includes at least three mystery injuries. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Thank God we're keeping the sponsors happy. Uh, but yeah, KK, what do you make of that? That I mean, not that we've got the diagnosis, but is this something where you think, oh, for God's sakes, here's another one we're just going to have to shut down? Or I guess, fingers crossed, it's just a one-week thing? Yeah, foot, the hotspot, it, it doesn't sound good, but uh, I, I don't think we know enough at this stage. Um I think uh, Miguel said it's cropped up yesterday, supposedly. I think supposedly he's doing some heavy lifting in that statement. Some via uh, must have been training the house down. He's stepping on a one. barbecue, Cole. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> who knows what kind of team building, um, team building exercise they're going down to. Get them around. Uh, I mean, look, barbecue. <laughs> looking down the list, though, Tom Joyce, he's just not going to get a fair run at it this year. And maybe that, I don't know what the contract situation is. I assume it's just a one year deal. But that might be it for him, sadly. Zach Langdon is, however, far down the pecking order now at full health. So, you know, it's week 15, two to three weeks away that we might not see him again. McGovern's the big one, and it's TBC, but there is some suggestion, KK, that it'll be the season. He's been in good form this year. He started like a house on fire. He sort of faded away a little bit. But is that, are we, are we trying to be optimistic and spin this and say, here's an opportunity for Bazo, for Edwards, for Rotham? You know, is that the way we're going to have to look at these things? Oh, I mean, absolutely for the next few weeks. Um, McGovern's a, only a, a key part of the next few years of us. Um, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Many good years left in him, and he's going to be a, a leader. And I think he has really stepped up as a, as a leader um, on the on the field this season. So it's a bit unfortunate for him. I can't work out how a guy with his shape has zero padding around his ribs. He seems to like <laughs> get like horrific internal injuries from bumps that lesser players will just get straight up from. I don't quite know how that works. He needs to eat a few maybe, more pies. Maybe it's maybe he's not fat. We've maybe it's that. There you go. It's, just, it's all such... rip. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Uh, but the other big story out of the injury report then is going to be Nick Nat available, playing, you know, playing waffle, coming back through the waffle. I know we're not in win now mode or anything stupid like that. It is undeniable how much better he makes us. He's covered up a lot of deficiencies in the midfield, it would appear. I hope he plays an unbelievable game of waffle footy and then just comes in and plays AFL the rest of the way. Because selfishly, I just want to watch Nick Nat play footy. That's It, it makes it more fun to watch the footy on the weekend when Nick Nat plays. Yeah, absolutely. He's He's been my favourite player for as long as I can remember, really. Um, mm. Yeah, although if he, if he misses, I think coming back through waffle is a good thing for him. And I, I think I spoke before about having sort of Sheed and, and Yo doing that. And I think it's it's better when they do come back into the team. And even particularly mm. this week, this we'll talk about later, this is not the worst game in the world for me to lose this week. Um, if we have a bad season, let's get a good draft pick. And I, I would love to finish second bottom if we're not going to miss final, not going to make finals because 
don't have the pressure of the number one draft pick. You're still getting a really good pick. If we lose to Essendon, we're going to really, really find it hard to get out of the bottom two. Mm. So um, if Nick doesn't play, Nick plays well for this week and it's a difference between us winning and losing long-term, I don't have a problem with that. Interesting. So you're going, you're all in on this. So go on then. We'll, we'll use that. We'll segue and uh, jump in. I've left the buy, hold, sell, hold banner up a little too long there, but let's jump into round 15 versus Essendon. We're playing Essendon, Friday night footy. Not a true Friday night game. It's not a standalone. Paul in the comments says, beat Essendon, finish second. Don't know if that's, I don't know, maybe he means second bottom. Maybe he means second. I'm not sure that uh, either of those things are likely. But KK, look, yeah, looking at the ladder as we come into it, 16th are the Bombers, 3 and 10. West Coast, 18th, 1 and 12. So a win for Essendon would put them three games clear. Percentage is going to be a fair bit better as well it would be a fair task to catch them from there. Then again, we looked better on the weekend. We looked a little bit energised. Bombers have been pretty terrible, although they did look all right last weekend as well. So, I mean, where do you want to start with this one? Let's start with the ins, I suppose. We've got Kelly back in, so we've got a midfielder. You know, we've got Ryan coming in. And also, if you're this way inclined, we've got Josh Rotham coming in. Maybe we get to have another look at him. Maybe he's figured it out. Yeah, I think the ins are uh, pretty clear. Um They've probably entered to Rotham or Edwards as the obvious replacement for, for McGovern. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've gone with Rotham. The, apparently he's best on ground in the ruck in the waffle. So I guess he's in some kind of form, though he's obviously not playing in the ruck. No. Uh, to, um, Kelly was a laid out last week. If he's if he's over the flu, he's, he's an easy in. And um, yeah, Liam Ryan hasn't missed too many games, so I, I don't have too much problem with him coming straight back in, which is in total contrast to everything I've said about making players come back through the waffle. <laughs> Uh, the outs for the week we've got Clark out he was the medical sub so potentially a chance to sub again Uh, Sheet out injured as we've discussed McGovern out injured as we've discussed Nelson out but makes all the sense in the world he was laid in last one out makes sense Uh, I mean looking at the matchups this is a winnable game ultimately and there is a little bit of back and forth in the comments you know we're a better team than North Uh, Paul apparently meant second last not second which does make a little bit of sense but, yeah, there's, there's some back and forth about do we win this? Do we want to win this? Where are we at in terms of win now versus just see some signs and lose the game? I am still in the camp that they need a win. They need a win. Just I'm, Thank God they're not winless at the moment. But of all the games from here on in, it's this or it's the Adelaide game that look the most winnable. Win, Just win another game, please, boys. I'm kind of all in on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on the fence. Um I do agree with you. And if there's one team I always love beating, it's Essendon. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm just really I'm thinking about the long term thing. But you, you're right. We could beat them this week, and it's pretty unlikely we're going to catch them anyway. We'd still need to win two more games than them for the rest of the season. And as as they showed last week, they've got a bit got a bit of form in them. They'll, they'll find some wins here or there. I haven't seen their fixture, but I'm sure they'll have North again at some point. Uh, they do. Absolutely, they do. They've got North again. They've got uh, Swans, Lions, Suns, Magpies, North, Giants, Power, Tigers. Not the easiest run in the world, it must be said. Giants game is in New South Wales as well. So there's nothing in there you'd look at and say that is an automatic win, except perhaps the North game. To be honest, if this if we win this game and it's somehow, you know, we win this game, we win the Adelaide game and the percentage does something freaky, third bottom's fine. Third bottom's all right. If we, you know, 
if there is a team bad enough to finish below us when we've only won three games, let them have the pick. They deserve it. Uh, just going through, KK, some of the Essendon high rankings and low rankings, as I like to do, they are tackled the fewest of any team in football, and that is the best thing that they do full stop. This is all that Footy Wire has for them as a high ranking. They also don't allow a lot of hit outs. So, I don't know, good luck to Jamo and, and Bailey Williams, I guess. Beyond that, they score pretty much as poorly as anybody in football, us included. They tackle fewer than anybody in, in football. They tackle the least of anybody in football. They don't get the footy that much. They don't get many clearances. Opponents get the ball a lot. Opponents go inside 50 a lot. They score a lot. I'm starting to suspect, KK, that Essendon might not be a great football team. Yeah, I'm shocked to be sitting here, but that does appear to be right. Uh, well, we've got some jacket-waving shit happening in the comments as well, so there's even even more reason to win, KK. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I do love a good jacket-waving. It's been, it's been too many years since it actually mattered, but mm. <laughs> Mate, no, that's mostly because Essendon have been rubbish for forever. Uh, a lot of talk. Here we go in the comment section. Sorry, a lot of talk on the other pods. There are no other pods, June. Just us, thank you. Uh, on the other pods, about, uh, all the heat is on North Melbourne and not on West Coast. The Melbourne Journos are too daft to realise there's too many Melbourne teams. And the Eagles are never going to fold because they are so rich, whereas North is a terrible team and broke. No argument here. I don't know that it really impacts too much for the Eagles tomorrow, but uh, we're not we're not going bust. North Melbourne might. No issue with that. Get rid of them. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I think <laughs> June's bang on there. Um Piss them off. Yeah, well, if you look at the, the league as a whole, like we're, I think most people know this is a blip for us. Like mm. we're having a shocking season. We've still mm. got 100,000 members and the, the crowd's a bit down, but they'll come back as soon as we start showing some more football like we did on the weekend. Whereas mm. North are terrible on the field. It's part of a trend the last few years of them being terrible on the field and they're a um, they're broke Off the as, field as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the league uh, cares about the bottom line more than anything. So um, we, we're not a concern. We're always going to keep pumping the money into the AFL. Uh, just having a look at a few matchups here. I'm just going through Essendon trying to find some people that stand out. Peter Wright is the big one and has had a lot of uh, media coverage as well, I suppose. 203 centimetres, big two metre Peter. 13 games, 29 goals. Their next highest goal scorer has 13. So even the great Jake Stringer, best player in the AFL, number one ranked player in the AFL, Jake Stringer, nine goals. So Barras to Peter Wright, I suppose, is the logical one. It's actually, from a height point of view, I'm actually a little surprised with that, that they didn't bring in Harry Edwards and, and try and give him the task. Yeah, I guess they didn't want to make any more changes in the back line. Um, mm. And they wanted to give Bazo another game. That, that probably would have been the option if they wanted to bring Edwards in. Uh, I did see someone made a good comment that, that Rotham's uh, – Got pace as well. Um, mm. One thing Essendon normally are is a pretty quick team, and they've carved us up with pace in the past. So that might be another reason why why Rotham's coming. Oh, I'm I'm fine with that matchup. And, and Barras did a really get a really good game last week as well. We didn't talk about him. It was I'm, a strange one because it looks if you a cursory glance, and I even on Big Footy saw some people saying he wasn't going that well, but I thought he was one of our best. He mm. just. Time and time again has a ridiculously tough job, and he usually does it very, very nicely. Uh, yeah, well, they've got I mean, two guys, the top five in the Coleman at the moment. Yes. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about this, by the way. Sorry, I had a quick quick uh, heroes and villains that I was going to do in Geelong game, but heroes were the commentary team because the commentary team was a delight. Just matter of fact, still fun, but told you stuff. 
It was good. I like the commentary team in the Cats game. My villain was uh, David King has named Cameron as the best player in the AFL this week. The number one player in the AFL. I don't even think he's the number one player in their own forward line. But there you go. That was my little short and sharp heroes and villains because some of the media bullshit that came out of that game was a very pleasant few hours of watching footy and then the narrative afterwards, real pain in the ass. Brass got coaches' votes, apparently. Thank you, fact-checkers, researchers, whatever you want to This is good. I like filling this. In all the, filling in all the gaps on our side, for sure. I like when people just cut. This is a very vibes-based podcast, and then people come in and give you the good shit in the comments. This is why you should watch along live and get the comments. Have you say. It's good stuff. Uh, now, the ruck battle, KK. The Eagles have lost Sheed. They gained Kelly. Midfield looked a little bit better on the weekend. And, you know, we've seen it's not perfect, but Jamison tries really hard. Bailey Williams is starting to figure it out, perhaps. Nick Nat's on the horizon, so they probably want to make a good uh, a good showing for themselves. Then again, you'd have to say that Essendon are going to come out of the ruck battle pretty well on top, and, and once again, that might put the midfielders on the back foot. Do the Eagles have enough ball winning in them, and do we go inside 50 enough, I suppose, to kick a winning score, basically? Because if we can't get it out of the middle, if we can't get first use, we were a bit better with Yo, but basically we just can't transition the ball from the back line. So we've got to win it in the first instance, otherwise we might hope to beat Essendon Nil nil, nil one, twenty to nineteen. Oh I don't know. <laughs> it's um Kelly Kelly in is a big one. He's been our, our mm. best midfield for the year. So if mm. anything's gonna happen, it's it's gonna go through him. So one of the the category lesson and do actually do well in his hit mm. outs. Um, yes. Which is not not necessarily a bad thing for us because Williams and Jamson haven't been winning a lot of hit outs anyway. So the more you get used to to being on the losing end of that, the quicker you, you can learn to adapt to it. Um, I'm just going through yeah. Draper's numbers and trying to figure out what the hell he is. Like, yeah. Obviously the hair and all of that, you see him, but his numbers aren't actually too bad. Yeah. I mean, you really, can tell we, I've paid no attention to Essendon either because they don't deserve it. No, absolutely. <laughs> Disgrace of a football team. Uh, I think really if we're going to win the game, it's not probably going to be out of, out of clearances. It's going to be slowing them down in transition, which we did pretty well against Geelong last mm. week. Um, mm. And they are—they turn the ball over a lot, Essendon. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're 16th in clangers and 16th in um, clangers different difference to opponents anyway. So yeah. that, that's, that's where we're going to beat them. Um, but conversely, that's probably where they'll beat us if they're going to. I, I don't really think this is going to be a game one in – Center clearance. So I think it's going to be more about um, how teams, how and where teams turn over the ball and how quickly they can be damaged with it. Uh, Owen in the comments here Very saying, need to, need to have a defense on song this week. Essendon won their last game with forward pressure axe. And I mean, I, I just can't with Essendon. The media beat up every time any of them do anything. Like they are the participation award of, of the century is the Essendon Football Club. You know, they do something and we have to hear about how good it is. That said, they did actually play a really good game of footy on the weekend against a side that are apparently good in St Kilda, which I'm very slow to come around to. But apparently the Saints scalp is a good scalp and it's sort of hard to deny. So absolutely. Look, I guess, KK, we touched on how the Cats are sort of slow on the rebound and that was something that maybe helped us out in the last game. Now, with that said, there still were plenty of instances of coast-to-coast transition or... God forbid you turn the ball over in the middle and you, and you just completely open right up. So it, it is going to be about getting the ball into the hands of good users. And 
you know what? If it's a Jermaine Jones or if it's an Elliot Yo, and they just want to kick the cover off it, it's not a great kick and we get a ball in in the forward pocket, that's okay. That's safer than some of the other, you know, in a perverse way. It's very aggressive, but it's safe, if you understand what I'm trying to say, because at least it's there, it's dead. It's these open field turnovers that have been killing us and that will kill us against Essendon. Mm. But we need to take those those risks as well. And I, mm. I slightly, we, we're still... We're still there in that learning phase of transitioning the ball better, and we are going to make mistakes. So take take the good with the bad, because when when it comes off, it's we actually look like scoring. Whereas we had so many games this season where, like mm. us in possession, was just an exercise in how long is it going to take us to Ponderous, go nowhere yeah. and then turn the ball over and yeah. score on. How far yeah. up the wing will we turn it over? Uh, yeah. It's a little bit tough to judge this one because when you come into a game against a good side, you go, well, we're going to get spanked, so here's what we'd like to at least learn out of the game. I think we can win this game of footy. I wouldn't suggest anybody puts any serious amount of money on it or anything like that. But like, would it shock me? Not really. Essendon are pretty bad. So what do you reckon, KK? Shall we get into tips and then sort of who we want to see impress us, What who we you know do want to learn something about on the weekend? Who are you tipping for a start? Whether you want the Eagles to win, draft position, whatever, whatever. Who do you think will win? I came very, very close to saying I think we're going to win this week. Oh, I haven't come tipped on. This. I haven't tipped us since the Derby. Yeah, no, uh, no. I, I yeah, can't I've believe been, I have. Yeah, I've just been um, bitten by that. And I just have too many bad memories of Essendon coming over to Optus on Friday nights and pulling our pants down. So it's typically Thursday uh, nights, weirdly enough. Thursday, yeah. yeah. At least it's not coming off a bye this time. But um, mm. yeah, I, I just can't do it. I, I think <laughs> we're still going to have suffer from that sort of naivety in how we move the ball. Mm. Um, and if, if Essendon sort of have their tails up after last week, the, the, the pressure comes as, as, as was pointed out, that was their key, their key to success last week. And I'm not sure we, we're kind of ready to handle it if they, if they turn up. So I think, yeah, we're probably not going to win this one. I reckon we'll go down by, yeah, two or three goals. Sad to say. Two or three. I also know, I also know Sweet FA, and I'm frequently wrong. <laughs> well, there you go. That should be That's the tagline of this podcast, though, in fairness. Uh, yeah, so I, I picked the line. Thanks, Miguel. I think, uh, I don't know. This is all very anecdotal because I really don't like Essendon. But if ever a team were to... Like Essendon are the team that will get on a roll and win by, you know, 40 points, 60 points, something like that, just because it was going easy. They love Bruce Free footy. They love champagne footy. And they hate when it's in the mud and it has to be won. So I'm just... To call it from so far out, I guess I'd have to say Essendon are going to win. But... There is a very obvious version of this game, which is just that the Eagles throw the first punch. That version of the game is a version that the Eagles win. You know, if they if we see the intensity, there were sequences on the weekend against Geelong where West would tackle someone, then Sheed would tackle someone, and then Shuey would tackle someone, and then there'd be a ball up and the crowd would go nuts just from that, just from that simple showing us something. If that's the intensity that they come out with, clearly they came out with a plan, you know, on the weekend. Stick to that come out with a bit of energy, come out with a bit of aggression, throw the first metaphorical punch. I don't want to see any bullshit out there. We've got enough players unavailable as is. Essendon fold. They really do fold. I don't know. I'm, I'm well on board with that. It's, I just don't have the faith that we're going to come out like that. We, we did for one game. We, we frequently haven't. 
So I, I want to see it more than once mm. before I back it in. But as you say, this is a really tough game to pick. I, nah, I'm doing it. It, it. it really could go either way. And I'm it, doing it. Well the Eagles are going to win. Puts the foot down early and and sort of runs away with it. But yeah, if you, you were to ask, if you say which team's going to win by 35 plus, you know, you tell me the margin of this game is 35 plus points. Clearly, Essendon have won that game. The Eagles are going to win. The Eagles are going to win by 13 points. I don't know. Who's to say? But I, I would really like to win a game of footy before this season is done. And this is one of the two that looks likely. They should be recharged off the break. TK's back. You know, Kennedy's a bit of an old sword at the moment, but fuck he tries. Jack Darling, pretty quiet on the weekend, but still worked really hard. Like, there's scoring options in the team. Scoring has been our issue. The scoring options in the team. Maintain the rage. The Eagles are going to win. By God, the Eagles are going to win. Right, here we go. Ryan in. Guaranteed win, says Paul. Uh, it does seem that the first 10 minute, minutes matter a lot, says June. A little bit of people dumping on me because I tipped Brisbane. I did make it known that I meant to tip Melbourne and forgot to change my tip. That is on the record prior to bounce, but whatever. I'll cop that. That's You lose a point for that. That's fair enough. Uh, I'd like to see Jamo and Williams to take 10 marks between them, says Peter. Now, this is an interesting one. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to get around the ground like that, but I think it's not going to be them. I think it's going to be the Darlings and the Kennedys and maybe Orion, you know, but it's going to be, hell, it might be Waterman, you know. It's going to be the tall forwards that are going to have to win us this game because I think supply will be on the losing side of supply, but on the winning side of efficiency. Let's get it done. (laughs) <laughs> oh fucking hell! It's all kicking off in the comments. Let's let's move things along. I reckon that'll do us actually for the week. KK, we've got through the footy, we've got through all the other stuff. We've uh, it's, it's all happening in the comments here. People are now starting to gamble, so I don't want to encourage that. Let's wrap things up. Thank you, KK, for jumping back on the show. Absolutely, no, no, no worries. We kind of went the opposite way to the team, where um, we're getting all the credits in the bank blokes back in the team, and on the pod they're all out. So you're stuck with mm. me. That's all right. No, it was good. Nice. Uh, see, post buy, refresh, change of pace, new fresh faces, and uh, second half of the season is going to be better than the first. Thank you to everybody jumping in the comments. Brent, thank you. Thanks for jumping in. Uh, don't gamble. Don't gamble at all. If you do gamble, gamble responsibly, but don't gamble at all. What about that? It's all kicking off now, so I reckon we'll wrap things up there. I will talk to you next week, guys. KK, I hope that I'll see you there as well. People in the comments, I hope that you're all uh, fine and safe and won the money that you won, but please stop gambling. And the Eagles are going to win. By God, they're going to win a game of footy. So let's just leave it there. Bye for now. Get in.